Oh, oh. Every time that song just gets you hype, you know, get ready to learn about some Webflow. What's up, everybody? It's Rymar here. Got Joe in the house. Today, we're going to talk all about the value proposition that Webflow uh, makes, right? Is it worth the money? What are the common objections? What do clients think? How to maybe convince clients that are on the fence about whether or not to use Webflow? We're going to talk all about that today. But before we get too far into this thing, let's have and grow. Okay, what is going on, Joe? How are you doing? Ooh, this is episode number 50. 50. That's a lot of episodes. Oh, we still got the little background music. Okay. <laughs> it does get me hyped. I like it. We made that switch maybe 10 episodes ago, and it's a nice little song there. It is. And um, this, we didn't get a chance to kind of commemorate. Um, but January 19th was our uh, one-year anniversary. So 50 episodes, throw some audience and some vibes on this thing here. Um, that's, it's, that's a lot, you know, um, yeah. one year, 50 episodes. Uh, that's almost, you know, all of the weeks in the year. So um, on our way to 100, if you've been watching, you know our goal is kind of 100. But, uh, and we'll go, I mean, obviously beyond that, but like our immediate goal is can we get to that 100 mark? So let's say what's up to everybody in the comments real quick uh, for hanging with us. Um, we've got somebody, oh, Alexander Graham <clears throat> is in the audience. Uh, let's see, I wanted to go back to this first one he made. Uh, excited for this episode, switched to the Webflow in 2021 and haven't looked back. Been a WP WordPress theme developer since 2007. So he's curious to hear uh, about Webflow limitations and all that, so we will chat. Um, he followed up with, out of the gate, my top uh, client switched from WordPress site. I built a Webflow and saved $500 in license renewals. We're gonna talk all about that. Nice. Um, that's, yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, moving real quick, uh, Babis, Penny, and we're going to run through some stuff today because we've got Webflow, uh, their live streams at one o'clock. So we're going to have a heart out on that. What's up, Alexander, Christopher Coleman, Pixelita, Felix is here. What's up, Fernando from Spain. Hola, Fabian is here. Gabriel, what's up? Tim is in the house. Gabriel Dufresne, Carly Harvey. Congrats, episode 50, time flies. It does, I know. Uh, Mustafa's in the house, and that's 50 episodes, but it doesn't count the Learn It Lives one. So Joseph Bates in the house, Richard's here. What is up, everyone? Penny, again, Daniel, Kayla, hello, everybody. So let's jump right into it. Um, again, we're talking about the value proposition that Webflow makes, Joe, so any opening thoughts on this? Well, there's going to be a mix of sales knowledge here. There's going to be a mix of Webflow designer deep dives. We're going to look at what Webflow can do for us, why somebody should come and pay for it. Why should somebody be on Webflow? And that's what this is all about. And by the end of it, you should make the decision, is Webflow worth it? Nice. And that it, it's a nice leeway right into that, that Webflow Q&A. Yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a great. Yeah, right. That's going to be a good transition. So um, yeah. real quick, if you have not subscribed, we're almost at 10,000 subscribers. I think it's like 9,300 subscribers. 10,000 subscribers is the milestone. So go ahead and leave a like on this video and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're going to get into a few announcements here that helps us. And uh, you know, we'll keep a kind of a, a count. We'll celebrate that 10,000 subscribers once we hit that milestone, too. So um all right, let's get into some announcements. We've got a bunch of stuff to fly through. Let's see what the first one is here. Oh, Client First Template is now live. Joe, you want to chat nice. about that? Yes, we have Client First Template number 10 for a church template. And this is going to be a really clean and usable template for any type of business. This one's focused on community. It's all about people connecting and it's built in client first. This is free from our resources center. You can go ahead and clone this and learn client first. You know, if, if you're brand new to this and you're just jumping into client first, downloading one of these resources and looking at how it's built is a great way to understand the system and understand how we use the system at FinSuite. So go ahead, finsuite.com slash client dash first. And right in that resources center, you can find the number 10. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So moving right along on the announcements world, a uh, shout out to Mirela, who is probably tied up. They have a Floxies event right now. She's teaching about design systems, but shout out to her. Got a W3C certification on web accessibility. She's always uh, chatting and helping uh, folks out with web accessibility stuff. So we wanted to give her a little shout out. Um, carrying on on the client first stuff, uh, Galena is over here, uh, built Matthias Cordis web, website. So shout out to her. She's doing a lot of freelance work using that client first system. Uh, Matthias um, hired her to redesign his website, which is super cool. Um, and he's got a little thread there that you can check out. Um, but yeah, shout out to folks who are kind of killing it with the client first, making money, doing the freelance thing. Uh, Joe, any thoughts there? Great to see that. Uh, I Every time I see one of these, and people hiring other people with client first as a base that gets me excited we have a lot more coming client first and these are the kind of tweets that that just keep us going and keep us really focusing on building and building the system so yeah awesome to see this yeah and keeping the client first theme alive joseph barry is exploring the mm -hmm. fluid responsive we did a deep dive on that fluid responsive stuff so shout out to joseph barry uh does a lot in the community um his interactions course is super great on the uh oh, yeah. awards website um and his websites are always you know they're just uh, so much fun to look at next so, level yeah shout next. out to joseph barry for checking that out uh, let's see. Oh, last week we did this uh, cool deep dive on the sales and Jay, uh, our head of accounts here, gave us eight sales tips. So shout out to Big Side Tech who kind of broke those down. Um, and he's got a link here that starts at those eight tips. So if you just want to skip through all of it and go through that, uh, and he just breaks down all the tips. So shout out to him on that thread uh, for helping us keep up on that stuff. Yeah. Um, this one is interesting. Uh, this is like a Figma to Webflow framework that Edgar Allen, Edgar Allen always supports our events. Uh, they're you know friends of, in the community here. So interesting to see people coming out with systems. Again, not necessarily client first-ish, but uh, it does. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that, how they, how they see that. So again, community resources coming out everywhere. Uh, what's the next one? Upcoming events, community events coming up this week. Joe, uh, Vlad, quarterly update. What do you think? That's coming up right after the show. Well, I'm excited. We missed the last one, right? There was a, a an issue with the Q4. <clears throat> so it's been a while. I'm, I'm excited to see what the community asks and if they give any more information about some of the things they were talking about at NoCodeConf. Do we hear more about logic? Do we hear more about memberships? Some people have tested it. Some people haven't. I don't know what to expect, but I will absolutely be there. And if anybody's watching, we, you know, like if you posted this link to this video in their comments and said, come join us to the folks that are waiting, you know, we wouldn't hate you for it. So, uh, okay, moving on, automate all the things. Connor always uh, doing some interesting videos, auto create any documents uh, with, uh, oh, with document. And uh, that's Jock, Jockish, Josh Memroud. So check that out. Um, yeah, those episodes are always interesting. Uh, we do uh, hook Aaron up with the graphics and sponsor his YouTube channel. So always showing some love there. Joe, this will be interesting. Tomorrow we're chatting with the folks from Reloom. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, Reloom has been the largest contributor to the client first resources. We have a lot of people submitting sites to resources and Reloom has really gone above and beyond their implementation of client first. So I'm excited to talk to these people. Uh, we, we've talked to them a little bit, but we're really going to get into this system and talk about how beneficial it is to start with a framework like this when building a client first. So, yeah, really, really smart people. I'm excited to have them on tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. So um, let's see the no code hangout real quick. I'm no good with my left hand. Uh, let's see, we're making new tools in 2024 cast. So Twitter spaces, John and Riley, they've been doing these things on Fridays. Uh, that's a cool little hangout in the Twitter spaces world. Another Twitter space hangout is this Webflow water cooler hosted by Aviv, who's uh, one of our uh, strong community supporters and uh, one of the Webflow uh, meetup hosts. Uh, he and Anto, this is at 3 a.m. Eastern time. So this is for the folks on the other side of the world. This is cool to start seeing some uh, community outspringing into those other spaces. 
So if you're up late <laughs> watching this one and you'd maybe like to hang out with some Webflow folks in a different time zone, that's the place to go. Uh, and I think that makes it, uh, that's, that's all for events and announcements. Joe, we got um, the first disclaimer. Do you wanna just take the disclaimer? We always start the show with the disclaimer for anybody watching. So our disclaimer today is, Joe. Webflow will not work for everyone. It will not work for every use case. There are a limited amount of use cases where Webflow may be the right fit. Um, and there are use cases where it may not be the right fit. So this is not a one size fits all. And I think that's true for pretty much everything you do on the web. There's no one size fits all. Yeah. Webflow has a lot of benefits. There are some downsides. We're going to be talking about this, but um, also don't be afraid to tell people that Webflow is not the right fit for them. Also, don't be afraid to go over passionate about Webflow and sell your heart out on it. This is, it's really use case specific, but we'll see that it, it really covers a lot of use cases. Yeah, I think there are so many web use cases where Webflow is just the perfect fit. And there's really only a couple where it's not. You know, yeah. the, I think that we, that's how we should focus this is like really there's only a couple use cases where this is not the right fit and so we will jump into that throughout the show here as we go audience prompt today is what is the most common objection you get while selling webflow to a client so let us know in the comments here this is where we'll dive in and let us know your comment your, your thoughts well, there's a poll going right now is webflow uh, worth it actually let's see people are saying it's totally worth it it's great but expensive nobody said it's not worth it yet so we'll see where that ends at the end of the show um, but let us know which, what's the most common objection you get. What do people say? Like when you go to a client or when a client approaches you about web design, you know, obviously we're exclusive Webflow. People come to us because they want Webflow, but some of y'all may be selling other websites or maybe have other toolkits in your arsenal. And so like, what are the objections you get when you start talking to somebody and you're like, oh, we're totally gonna use Webflow for this. And they say X. Let us know in the comments if you've had a hard time with any of that, if you get thoughts or you know prompts from clients. Uh, we'd, we'd love to know your thoughts there. So. Uh, um, yeah, without further ado, let's jump into it. Is Webflow worth it? Joe, uh, take it away. Okay. Webflow, is it worth it? When we load Webflow, we see the designer tool, and the designer tool is very visual. We don't see the code as we are clicking around on the buttons. And because of this, a lot of people may think negatively about Webflow. They can't see the code. It's like, what's happening with the code? Where does it go? Webflow follows semantic code practices. It has clean CSS practices. When you're applying the CSS to your elements, it's doing it in the proper way. It's really difficult to mess up writing CSS because you can't do that in Webflow. So when I use Webflow, I like to think that I am following a lot of modern web practices. And when you're using other platforms, that may be true, that may not be true. Uh, we, you know, there's a lot of other competitors between Squarespace, Wix, WordPress. You may be in, in an environment where you're also building visually, but you're not following modern web practices. So that's a big thing for me, right? Forget about the cost, forget about all of these other factors that are behind the website. The website itself is following modern practices. Yeah. That is so important to me. And that's what I get with Webflow. I agree. Um, and it's one of those things we've talked about this in that open source debate. We talked a lot about WordPress in the last few episodes. Um, and this is one of those places where, again, they started out as a blogging platform that's evolving into a web builder. And so they've got all these layers and these things that they're trying to rectify now with something called Gutenberg, which is their open source standard for like how you build and design, especially in these new themes inside of WordPress. But they have a lot of technical debt as we've addressed. And again, not necessarily everything being delivered to those modern web standards. We've seen this again, even with something like Wix, who positions things with using absolute positioning on a lot of elements is not necessarily the right way to do things, right? You look at the performance, you look at the code it exports, you're not getting as clean a setup as you're getting with uh, Webflow. The other biggest concern in the same space is data portability in my mind, right? When you're trying to move out of WordPress or something like that to get your data to another place, it's hard to do that, right? You got to do some WordPress export thing. It gives you some XML. You can download your assets and resources, whatever, but 
unless the place is set up to accept them in that format, it's a little tough, right? Some of these sites have special tools just to migrate your data. Whereas with Webflow, again, you're just exporting to anything you want. You could export a CSV, pull that data into Airtable. There's tools for that kind of thing. We have Noble Airtable. There's other tools in the marketplace that allows you to kind of manipulate this data. And so this goes back to that open source and closed source debate that people were talking about. I'd much rather use a closed source platform that gives me access to my data like that and allows me to pull and push clean semantic data than having to deal with something that's open source but obfuscates the way that the data is stored in a database that only lets me talk to it or touch it in a certain way. Um, Joe, any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a, that's an in, really interesting comment, and it, it leads me right into maintenance, mm. that when things are managed in a more difficult way, I like to think that the WordPress setup is a little bit more difficult. More, there's some places where you have more control, but overall more difficult. With Webflow, there is no maintenance needed. That's how I like to think of this. No updating of plugins, no updating of infrastructure. I have sites that I built six years ago. I haven't opened up Webflow Designer once, and it's just published. The client doesn't need any changes. It was a just a site that did not need any changes. And I can't imagine what would happen with a WordPress site that wasn't touched or open for six years. What would happen? What plugins would break? What would would there be any security flaws? Mm. These things are, they cost a lot of money yeah. not having to update your website be, just to update it for, for updates. Yeah. Well, there's a whole ecosystem in the WordPress world built around monthly maintenance. You see a lot of people asking about that model um, in this space, in the Webflow space. Um, and speaking of, shout out to Webflow in the comments there. Appreciate nice. you. Um, but there's a whole ecosystem built around WordPress maintenance, right? People selling packages of hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars a month sometimes to manage the maintenance of WordPress sites, something that's completely eliminated in this world. Like we talk all the time about how to add value and people are like, oh, can I charge for maintenance contracts? Like you can, but there's not a lot of that maintenance that you have to do. And we talked about in those past episodes that maintenance causes trickle down effects, right? If let's say WordPress updates to a new version and you update WordPress, but your plugins haven't updated to match with that, now you break things and you break your website. That's not possible with Webflow right now, right? It may, you know, like some of the things, like if you're adding custom code or if you're doing something externally, sure. But as far as like Webflow out of the box, like you're never gonna have that problem. Um, and that's a big thing in the WordPress world. I remember sometimes getting, you know, like you take a staging site and then you do the plugin updates on a staging server to make sure if you wreck anything, you don't break the production site. Um, and so, again, those the plugin maintenance and all that stuff, it can't be overstated. Um, but it brings us into a conundrum that could be seen as like a pro or a con, right, on the plugin side of things, right? WordPress, the plugins become a vulnerability, becomes maintenance hurdles, et cetera. But it also allows you to add functionality to your website with a single click. And so that adds, you know, maybe some dollar cost. It adds the functionality. Um, and so that's, you know, a, a pro and a con there. You don't have the maintenance, but you don't have the ability to as easily right now add that kind of one-click functionality. It's something I'm sure they're working on. It's something we talk about all the time. Uh, what, what does that plug-in marketplace look in the world of Webflow? Joe, any thoughts on that? It, it, the plugin marketplace. I would love the plugin marketplace. And I think the big benefit of the Webflow plugin marketplace is going to be that it, it will be closed. That I do not see Webflow opening a plugin marketplace where anybody can submit. There will be a review process. There's got to be a, a quality control aspect of it. And because of this, I think that it can grow into a very healthy plugin infrastructure, right. where on the other hand, WordPress, you may have thousands and thousands and thousands of plugins, but this is not officially managed. You don't know if you're going to add something to your site that's going to break it or has security vulnerabilities. This is really important. And it comes down to worrying more about your website. Mm. I like to worry less. I think everybody likes to worry less. And we're living in a world where we want to worry less about things, not worry more about things. Yeah. And I think Webflow brings a lot of that, especially in this maintenance and plugin conversation. Yeah, 100,000%. Um, yeah. 
And stepping beyond that, the next step is performance, right? I worked with WordPress for a long time, a long time. I used different themes. I paid for extra hosting. I paid for like caching layers and blah, blah, whatever. And I could never get a website to load under like two, maybe three seconds, you know? And with Webflow, we see it all the time. People bang, 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 you know, millisecond page load speeds. They're showing their performance and accessibility scores and their lighthouse metrics and everything's 100, 100, 100, green, 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 right? And yeah. you compare different sites. And now, again, I'm talking about most just basic sites, right? I'm not talking about a Joseph Berry special or a Joe Moore design special with thousands of interactions and beautiful things and whatever, whatever's right. Like that's a different world. I'm talking about most production pages, your typical web page, not like your fancy over the top landing page. Um, performance is just not even like comparable, right? Um, Joe, any thoughts on performance? It's just nightmare. Yeah. It is. It is. It's really up to you how performant your site can be. Mm. Do you want to add a whole bunch of interactions? Do you want to add giant images? If the answer to that is no, then you kind of have a performance site out of the box. Right. It's really your own doing to make your site not per non-performant. Yeah. Now on WordPress, the other on the other hand, you can make a very performant WordPress site. It's possible, but it's also very difficult. And it requires a very advanced level of knowledge and probably a lot of customizations on your own instead of relying on third-party tools. Yeah. A lot of people in the WordPress world have to rely on these third-party tools. And because of this, it is just not as efficient. Yeah. It, it, there's no way for it to be as efficient. couple caveats. I do think... Webflow will hit some of those same limitations once they open up that plugin marketplace that people will then sure. be relying on functionality for third party things. So I don't necessarily sure. see that as like a, a, a big issue. Um, as it relates to performance though, you can get a WordPress site to be super performant. You just install the factory, the default theme and don't add anything else to the site. <laughs> like literally yeah. just, just blog <laughs> on the default theme and then you can get it to load lightning fast. That would be like the WordPress response. like, oh, well, if you use it out of the box with this thing, it's like super fast. Okay, sure, whatever. Uh, start adding your theme builder. Start adding your, you know, like Elementor. Start adding your Aveda or Divi or whatever theme you want to use. Start adding all those other layers and then see if you can still get that same performance you get with just a blank, clean, you know, factory default, whatever 2021 theme you're using in WordPress. Um, it would be interesting. I'd like to know this in the comments. Uh, Joe and I talked the other day about maybe doing an episode where we just open up WordPress and build a little site or try to get a site install. Um, I still have a WordPress server that we could like do this so we could set it up real easy. Uh, maybe we could do the same thing with like Squarespace and Wix. So let us know in the comments if you think that's something that would be helpful. Um, the last thing in this little segment before we move into the objections and actually before we move into the objections, I think we do Q&A. But the last thing that Webflow gives us that WordPress doesn't is this complete design freedom. You know, oh, yeah. I was working on a little prototype the other day for some developers and I was getting nuanced and like nesting the divs and creating these little like just, you know, like you're writing front end code visually. And it's like one of those experiences that I never had with WordPress. Even when I was building with some of those elegant theme builder things, you never got the nuance of being able to like, oh, let's no, let's not do this this way. Let's put those in a row and tighten up the margins here and really, you know, make everything fit perfectly. And that's the thing people miss about Webflow. They, they think it's just another Squarespace or Wix tool or whatever. They don't understand it's no, 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 this is code visually. Like this is me writing front end code in a visual framework, right? It's not like anything else. Um, Joe, last thoughts there before I see the comments on fire, uh, before we jump into the comments here for a bit. Yeah, bring up some comments. I'll finish up this with, this design freedom may be intimidating for some people mm. that just the idea of being able to design a whole website is a scary thought for a non-designer, for someone that just wants to focus on the development. This is where I see the Webflow template marketplace coming into play. This is where I see tools like Reloom Library coming into play, where you can start with Reloom Library, get your whole wireframe in there and just throw some colors in there. and this can, you know, this can not turn non-designers into designers, but give people a really strong starting point without having to download a whole theme builder inside WordPress. Yeah. So 
complete design freedom, a good thing, a bad thing, but overall that's on the pro list. Yeah, it's definitely a pro for the folks that are looking for that who don't yep. want to get into the code, which is a lot of people. Yep. There's a lot of people in the design world who are tired of like handing off their designs to some abstracted development team and then trying to talk them through how that should respond and how those interactions should work and how things should play um, without like learning the code from the ground up. And so that for sure becomes just a, you know, a wide open box. But what you said, Joe, about it being a con is that like, I remember the first time I got into Webflow and I started creating elements and then realized that I have to refine that nuance down to all the breakpoints. It's like, okay, I like starting from the ground floor with the blank canvas. But one of the things that like a WordPress theme theme does is like it handles some of those things that you don't have to, you know, like all the responsive and all the little things that, you know, like, ah, uh, so that was one thing to get used to. And I could see that's very intimidating if you're not familiar with that, or if you're used to kind of having your hand held and just kind of adding the content into elements and letting the system or the theme style everything where that can be intimidating. And so, uh, complete freedom is not always, you know, the, the, the right thing. So, uh, let's jump into some of these comments here. Um, yeah, yeah let's do that. Let's go into Caesar saying, imagine you could build react like you build Webflow. Not saying, just saying, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> Webflow from a design standpoint is unbeatable. The designer is the best thing ever invented. Uh, nice. Yeah, let's see, WKD, yeah. I think it would make my eyes bleed to see you build in WordPress. <laughs> Live build comparison between WP, Webflow, et cetera, would be awesome. Yeah, I think so, uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, why is there such a low amount of Webflow developer jobs? I don't think, it's, I mean, in general, if you look at like the total market share of like WordPress number of websites versus Webflow, it's just not there yet. Um, just give this time. But there's a ton of jobs out there. I don't know that there's a shortage of people looking for Webflow developers. And there is a, an extreme growth in this area that three, four, five years ago, you would have never seen Webflow developer in a job title. Mm. Now, it's pretty common. If you do a job search for no code tools, you're going to find Webflow in there. So this is big growth, and I think you're going to see more and more of these jobs popping up in the very near future. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, this is in response to Alexander here, but he's saying, I've seen articles about WordPress security breaches hacks almost daily, and that scares mm -hmm. the bejesus out of me, yeah. Let's see if we yeah. can find what um, that was a response to, because Alexander, if we remember, was our uh, WordPress, let's see, mm. getting 99% on Google Lighthouse on all my pages, even in the galleries, huge selling point performance. Wow. Um, tons, you yeah. seen anything in here we should address? There's so <laughs> many. <laughs> uh, there's one, Richard saying, do you wanna read that one, Joe? Yep, I'm a design by heart and always had an interesting code, but Webflow has allowed me to design and build my vision, the full package for my business. That's great. It's allowing people to actually launch their business. That's, that's, that's a big reason why people can't start a business because getting the web presence out there is just too much. It costs too much or there's too big of a learning curve. And we're seeing more and more people like Richard who are saying, hey, this idea that I had in my head, now it's a business yeah. because I got to build it in Webflow. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the superpower we talk about all the time. If you're a person who's been beating your head up against this wall, this code wall, where you're just like, ah, and maybe you're pro proficient with Squarespace or WordPress or one of these other tools like I was, right? It's super proficient. I could build, I was, I was making good money selling uh, WordPress sites, but I never, I always felt handcuffed. Right to take that next step, uh, take the next step to get to the next level to be able to like really build these things. That as soon as I found Webflow and that power was unlocked inside of me, I was like, "Oh, this is the thing," you know. So I could see what Richard's saying here, where it's like, "Yes, this is a superpower um, for sure." Uh, let's see, Alan. Webflow is great, but as a CMS, it has some basic things missing: the ability to publish and unpublish mm -hmm. a page rather than publishing the whole site is crazy. Um, yeah. Joe, any thoughts on that? Yeah, there are some limitations when it comes to publishing your site, unpublishing, permissions, uh, control of certain pages versus global pages. Absolutely, Alan. We're going to get to some of these limitations later in the episode. But yeah, yeah. There, you know, to every good, there has to be some kind of bad somewhere. So we, we recognize those. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to, you know, uh, WKD saying, if you really need that uh, e-commerce e dashboard stuff, go Shopify's other Webflow can work. Um, 
complex e-commerce is one place that Webflow just falls a little bit short right now. I know it's something yeah. that's coming. Same thing with like membership and login sites and portals, that kind of thing, because they just don't have that native solution yet. There's a lot of cool solutions around the edges for that. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to dive into the pros and cons of any of those for just for timing purposes. But, um, yeah, th those are the places where like I, I really think like on those bigger sites, you know, with membership stuff baked in, like it's going to be hard to move somebody from WordPress to a Webflow in that instance. Um, but that's a for now kind of thing, right? A lot of these limitations are a yes, but, right? Yes, but they're working on them. Yes, and this is coming later. And so I think, again, we're really early on all this stuff. Everybody who's watching this, there's 86 folks on the stream right now. Everybody who's watching this, we are on the cutting edge of all the stuff that's coming in this no-code slash visual development space. And so we're looking around like, why isn't this the norm? Well, it's because you're at the front of the pack, right? Mm -hmm. And so soon as you look behind you it's going to be lots and lots more people behind you lots more jobs yeah. lots more products lots more services all those things all of these limitations will kind of be removed um so and th think about it there was probably a time in wordpress where people were thinking how can why can't i build marketing pages with this why can i only build blog pages mm. and that seems like a ridiculous statement but that was because you were part of wordpress so so early and people just weren't making marketing pages. It was really just a blogging platform. So just like now with Webflow, why aren't you building e-commerce? It's not there yet. There will be a point where we, where we look back and say, well, now all my e-commerce is on Webflow. Yeah. Lisa's saying, I'm such a WordPress veteran. My brain is synced to all the tech debt hacks and relating to how easy Webflow is. My brain doesn't gork the e-grok of the easy. <laughs> so nice. yeah, it's when you're used to always having to go in and update a plugin or you know, update the version of WordPress and make sure that works with all your plugins or add a new thing and make sure that doesn't crash the site or whatever you're doing, right? These are all things that you've, you just get used to when it's how you do it, right? There's a lot of things in Webflow that we're just like, oh, you gotta do that with attributes or you gotta do that with so-and-so, mm -hmm. you know? Like, we just know that, right? And these are things that people come to Webflow and they're like, oh, you can't do that. And you're like, well, we know how to fix it, right? And so if you're in the WordPress world and you're just like, oh, this is how I do things, well, you don't really see these new solutions and you're not really, it's hard to like learn something from scratch, right, that's this complicated. Right. And mm -hmm. Webflow is only going to get more and more complicated as you grow. Right. There's going to be more complexity as you can add membership and as you can add logic and as you can do all these other things, as you start adding attributes and as you start adding other like whatever things that come in. Right. It's going to get more and more technically difficult. And so that's hard when you're on that path to switch. Right. And so what we're seeing right now is that it's still reasonable for most people who've been working with WordPress to keep working with WordPress. Right. Um, they can still do things easily. It's how things are done on the Web. Right. But that's slowly changing. We've talked about that in a number of ways, and it will continue to change. And so as that goes, um, people will more and more like have Lisa's perspective here where they'll be making this switch and not really understanding how, you know, what they're going to do with all that free time. So mm -hmm. um, here's a quick question, uh, Joe, uh, follow up from Lisa here saying, um, what tech stack or languages would be best for devs to understand to get the most out of Webflow? Anything on the most advanced and beyond JavaScript? We at FinSuite are using TypeScript and Svelte. These are our two choices for our, our stack. And we will, yeah, that, that's how we, we work in Webflow with applications. So that would be my answer to that. Yeah. I know there are other people that do other things that try to integrate React and Vue. We don't do that exactly. So, yeah. That's uh, at least if you have a follow up for that, let me know. <laughs> Nothing other than saying free time. <laughs> Penny's saying it took a while to get un under over being able to look at the code and understand how it worked, but I've gotten better with Webflow and appreciate not needing to. But you still have to troubleshoot. Like there's some things the other day. I'm in there and I'm playing and I like I'm getting a weird behavior, right? And it was like a Z index thing, and it was something. It was like a it was like a child Z index thing on another element that I had to still account mm. for. And so you're still kind of having to do the troubleshooting thing. And just because you don't need to go through the code or the CSS or the HTML or whatever to look at it doesn't mean that you don't still need to understand that. So I kind of understand what Penny's saying there, but I also think like you know you still like troubleshooting is is not uh, super easy in Webflow sometimes, especially when you get into some complex layouts or some some really dense pages um maria 84 39 likes come on people there you go come on you smack him into shape maria <laughs> we appreciate that 
let's see. Any other questions that you're seeing before we jump into the next thing? Because the next segment is going to be all the different um, objections and how to overcome them. Yes, I'm sharing the Svelte link in the chat. Uh, some people ask what it was. WKD. Here's a good question Great. before we move forward, Joe, if you want to take this one. From Avi, how do you think someone like me can sell as a Webflow developer who is not so great as a designer, but a great UI developer, visual developer? Avi, absolutely, you are very welcome in this no-code world. There are a lot of people looking for Webflow development. We at FinSuite do not offer design services for our clients, and we have an entire agency business built completely around development. So you can do it. Uh, there's there's a lot of lot of options for you even without design. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And the other thing we talk about all the time is finding partnerships, right? Finding yeah. the right partnership or finding the right person to connect with that maybe they do design, you do development, or maybe they do development, you do design, like whatever the relationship needs to be, you know, sales and you deliver, like all these things can be beneficial. Don't be scared to find someone to work with. And, you know, you don't have to build a company. You don't have to start an LLC right off the bat. You can start just working on little projects and figuring out how to like share the load. And then as that relationship formalizes, you can decide whether to take the next step or whatever. We have tons of episodes on that. Um, yeah. Alexander, we're going to keep picking on Alexander because he's our um, web coming from uh, Webflow or WordPress person. Hang on, why is it not updating my comment here on the screen? Um, let's try this. Oh, it's not updating my comments. I don't know what's happening. Okay, sorry. He's saying Lisa, firm grasp on CSS, uh, post CSS, and writing semantic HTML with flex grid or critical, doing less for more, making sure you don't have unnecessary containers or divs. So going back to your question about the what languages to learn, um, yeah, just, just having a firm understanding of that. Let's jump into the um, objections here. Let's, let's jump into, yeah, what holds people back from using Webflow? Um, and again, share in the comments here. I think maybe some of y'all shared, uh, those are buried now way in the back. And for some reason, my comments are not updating on the screen. Um, I'm gonna see if I can fix that real quick. Joe, uh, talk a little bit about objections. Um, we've got you know five formal objections here. Uh, we're gonna do a little price dive. Again, we've got about 23 minutes before we jump off. We're gonna do a hard stop today because Webflow's um, right after us with Vlad. Um, so Joe, thoughts on common objections, et cetera, things like that. Common objections, the biggest ones we hear are pricing and technical limitations. And there are a few others, but I would say those are the top ones. People saying Webflow is more expensive than other solutions. It's more expensive than Squarespace or Wix or, uh, or WordPress. And yes, there is a possibility that your Webflow monthly bill will be higher than WordPress, than Wix and Squarespace. But it also comes with all of the benefits that we just talked about, all of the things that you have to worry less about. So is the extra $4, $10 per month worth that? Hmm. Uh, you know, I like to pay for subscriptions and things that make my life easier. Yeah. And I really like to think that that cost in Webflow is worth it. For, in a business sense, in a personal sense, as a developer, that's, yeah, it, it, that is a big objection. Is it too expensive? Reimar, what do you think? Do you agree with this? I don't know if it's too expensive. I do want to look here, though. Let's take a look at some pricing pages from some, like, what we would call, you know, key mm -hmm. competitors here. You know, if you look at Squarespace, 12 bucks to 40 bucks. you know, for commerce. Um, okay. So that's that's kind of a baseline. If we go to Wix, we see the same kind of thing, 14 bucks to $39. If you add some of the business and e-commerce plans, you get up to 50 bucks. And if you get to enterprise, you can go a little higher. Um, and you can look specifically at how they're comparing those plans. Um, and then I wanted to bring in a WordPress competitor here um, because that's kind of another common, you know, comparison that people make. WP Engine is a top tier WordPress host. So you can see 20 bucks a month is like a single site. Uh, if you get into e-commerce or if you want multiple sites uh, and then based on traffic, you can get into, you know, some some higher tier pricing here. Um, and it just depends, again, based on traffic and size and all the different things. Uh, and then Webflow, which, again, I think they're in the middle of updating some of this prices, moving to like workspace pricing. Um, 
but their pricing comes in in that you know uh let's see regular same thing 12 to 36 bucks for regular hosting if you get into the e-commerce you're looking at 29 or 74 bucks for most things if you get into some of the advanced stuff you know you're into the 200 bucks range and then you also need this account plan and this is where you know people kind of throw a hurdle up they're like oh and i gotta pay for hosting and the account plan or whatever it is you know and so like this is you know so i don't know right when you think in when you take into the account all the maintenance hassles that you don't have because yeah this wp engine pricing maybe it's you know 30 bucks a month 50 bucks a month whatever it is but now you have to add in all your plugins you have to add in all the time for maintenance so is that worth 50 bucks a month is that worth 100 bucks a month i I don't know how much that maintenance stuff is worth it seems to me like it's worth quite a bit right and so and again with squarespace and wix i think those are like lower tier things they don't give us the same flexibility i think they're targeting a different type of user Um, we could talk about the comparison between these platforms and wordpress but if you look at their pricing it's not that far off based on what you get and again with the performance with you know, all the other things. I'm not sure in my mind, Webflow's pricing is expensive. I do think there's one place where I wish they had a little bit more. And Ezekiel mentioned it like an agency tier or like, like a multi-site. Yeah. Like a multi-site package. Right. That that's yeah. yeah. Cause sometimes I want like 20 URLs, but they're just a single page that like redirects to another place. I don't want to have to pay full hosting for that. Like that's the place where I wish like I could, pay you know for like an extra url for a page or or something like that like some kind of thing i I don't know joe any thoughts there yeah the the pricing is similar Uh, and even though you may be paying more for webflow the end bill for everything webflow is more money if you value your time it's not a lot how much is an hour of your time if you value your time at five dollars an hour then Maybe you do want to go the WordPress route because you you can work for many hours and it's a very small amount of money. But if you have value for your time, which everybody listening should, Webflow makes a lot of sense because it's going to save you hours per month. Even if it's one hour per month, I'd like to think that that's going to be the difference of this these hosting packages. It's not that much money. So... That's a great way to look at it. Do you value your time? Yeah. And saving hours, that's a lot of time. You could do a lot of things in a few hours per month. Yeah, and Lisa's saying there, WordPress is time expensive. So yeah, yes. maybe you save a little bucks here. The most expensive. That's the most. The and most it's the most expensive. frustrating in that moment where you do break something and then you gotta go find your mm. dev and make sure that they're available. You got some blue screen of death or some like white screen, I think is what it is in Webflow where like you get locked out of your back end or, or not Webflow, WordPress. Um, and so, yeah, that those are the moments where you're just like, eh. and Alex is saying here, Kinsta for WP is 30 bucks, which is the best WP hosting. So there you go, 30 bucks, there you, you know, go. like, nice. um, let's see. I'm not sure I would put Squarespace and Wix in the same conversation as Webflow. Those are like entry level website builders. Webflow is a full business solution. I agree with you, Luke. Yeah. But if you look at their pricing, it's fairly similar until you get into the top tiers, until you start getting into some of the advanced stuff, you know, um, but I still think it's fairly close. Right. Um, Shopify would be another one, a good one to pull up here, actually. Um, Shopify pricing. And I'd like to think that Webflow can also be an entry level website builder. We can do a lot with Webflow. There's a lot of things you can do inside Webflow Designer. And if you download a template, you change some colors, you change the text, this can be seen as an entry level website builder. Yeah. So I would like to put it in the same category as Squarespace and Wix. Just say, we can also do all these other things with Webflow that's not possible with Squarespace and Wix. Yeah, yeah and this is, um. so I'm, I have the Shopify pricing up on the uh, board here and it, 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 it prompted something in my head because I think Webflow with their pricing, um, if you look at their like e-commerce pricing, this advance is like $212 and, and I think Mm-hmm. they're charging a lot for their e-commerce. And I think we addressed this the other day. It's that like, it's going to be hard for them as they add features to keep nickel and diming, raising the price. I think they probably, I'm hoping they shot out kind of a, a, a big price here so that they don't have to, as they go, keep constantly updating and updating and, and adding, you know, like 
in a seam like nickel and diming. So I'm sure in their mind, their goal is to get competitive with Shopify as an e-commerce platform. I don't know how long it takes them to get there. Um, I'm assuming that as you look at Shopify's pricing here, that that will be reflected in what their pricing is. It'll be close to that. And so uh, I, I don't want to go too much further on pricing because I think we're going to do a full episode on pricing here in the uh, near future. Um, but yeah, so let's let's go on to the next common objection. Objection number two here, Joe. That's technical limitations, things that are just not possible in Webflow or should not be built in Webflow. I like to think that anything is possible in Webflow with the right technical knowledge. However, a lot of things should not be built in Webflow. And these shortcomings can really prevent people from using the platform. Things like native authentication or I would like our next level authentication, uh, very secure authentication that that handles private data. Mm. This type of stuff right now is not really recommended on Webflow unless you have an all star developer that knows their stuff. So this is a big shortcoming. Some people need user systems and Webflow is not really set up for that now. Uh, that goes with gated content as well, gating content, adding complex e-commerce. We talked about that just before. These kind of shortcomings, if you have a site that has complex e-commerce or a site that's based in memberships, maybe your thought is, I should not be on Webflow. And that's okay. That's part of these objections and part of why somebody may not want to be on the platform. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and there's a, you know, like there's, Lots of tools for different folks, you know, different strokes for different yep. folks. Um, Webflow is not going to be a one size fits all solutions for everyone. And so this is one of those things where, you know, we talk about knowing the limitations so that you don't find yourself in these problems where you like go and sell somebody at site. You learn this Webflow thing. You learn there's membership stuff. And you're like, oh, look, I can totally do this. And then you go overcommit to a client and you find yourself not being able to actually deliver the goods. Um, so, yeah, there are those instances. And again, we talked about that complex e-commerce and memberships stuff um you know don't try to force all these things into webflow webflow will evolve you know keep webflow in mind and use it for the specific use cases that it makes sense for if you're making your business around this then shape your business to attract those type of clients right if you find yourself running into these technical limitations a lot it's probably because you're advertising a service that you know is not fit for the type of you know tools you're learning Right. So if you're learning Webflow, you shouldn't be out selling full stack software. That's not what you're doing. Right. That's a different solution. Uh, you may need to go a bubble route or you may need to learn some code or uh, a builder uh, HQ kind of thing. Right. And so just that that all comes into play. The type of people you attract, the type of stories you're telling about your business. We talk about this all the time in the world of sales. Right. All of these things lead to the type of leads you get. And the type of objections you get have to do with the type of leads you're generating. So if you're running into the same objections over and over and over, um, it may not be that it's a Webflow problem. It may be that you're attracting the right, uh, the, the wrong type of person. And that may be something you need to start introspectively looking at and figuring out, how do I get the person that wants to use Webflow or that Webflow becomes an easy sale for? Because selling Webflow should not be difficult. You know, selling Webflow is not something that should really create a lot of stress for you. Um, to, to make money or sell websites. Uh, any, any thoughts there, John? Yeah, that there are companies that will fall under these limitations. And these are clear limitations that we just laid out. But most marketing sites do not need these features. Mm. Most marketing sites, most companies do not need complex e-commerce. Most companies do not need membership systems on their front end, and they don't need um, yeah, they, they just don't need these things. So Webflow really does work for most marketing use cases. So to reiterate what, what Reimar said, if you keep finding people that need complex e-commerce, that need membership, and it's, it's continuously a no for Webflow, you're just reaching the wrong people yeah. because there are thousands and thousands and thousands of companies, millions of companies that are perfect for Webflow, whether they know it or not, because they don't have these requirements for the limitations. Yeah. So just don't work in that area. It's easy. And this is, again, one of those places where your portfolio will do the scrubbing for you. Your portfolio is what yeah. attracts 
people to you, right? And so they see something that you've done before and they're like, I want you to do some of that for me. And so, you know, in that context, the sites that you're building and the type of work that you're showing is really what should be attracting that work. So if you're running into these issues, like, again, I'm not sure how you're doing your sales or how you're bringing people in, but, um, you know, I, 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 would, I would find you to, I would encourage you to look elsewhere if the technical limitations become a hurdle to you selling Webflow, you're probably selling to the wrong people. That, that's where I would challenge folks to um, look at their process. Um, another uh, common objection is the steep learning curve, right? There's a significant learning curve to Webflow versus some other tool, and this can be intimidating. We talked about having to style everything from scratch. We talked about there's no theme that handles all your global stuff, right? That you can't just replace the style guide and that matriculates all the way through. You got to like handle the CSS. You got to understand how do these things work, right? And so you got to understand CSS positioning and and grid and flexbox, etc. And so like these things all become uh, things that you need to understand, which can become difficult, right? If a client doesn't want to learn that, if, if, if their team is working in WordPress, right? If you have a group that's working in WordPress and they've got a big monstrosity of a website, maybe they have 10 people that understand how to work in WordPress and only one person understands Webflow. That could be a, a, a hard objection to overcome, right? Because now they, they can only have one person working on the site versus the 10 other people who know. Um, any, any thoughts on that objection, Joe? There is absolutely a learning curve. It's, it's evident. <clears throat> For some people, it's much smaller. For some people, it may require some weeks or maybe even a few months to really get the hang of. Depends on your past experience. It depends on what you know in the past. But even if you're a super pro, even if you're coming a top, top web developer, there is a bit of a learning curve mm. because things are just done differently in Webflow. There's a lot of processes that you wouldn't do in traditional development. And they're not necessarily wrong. They're not bad practices, but they're just different. So until you know the platform, until you've actually built several sites, you don't really understand what those are. Yeah. And that is a learning curve. Nice. But it's a small learning curve relative to a lot of other platforms, relative to learning something like a WordPress. This is, it's a steep learning curve, but I think relative to others, it is a good learning curve. Yeah. And you're probably learning good practices in the process of learning Webflow. Yeah, that's where I would say, I'm not sure it's easier or less steep, but you're actually learning things that translate to the front end of the web, right? You're actually learning skills that help you. Like when you learn the technical complexity of WordPress or some theme editor or whatever, you're just learning that tool. When you learn the technical complexity of Webflow, you're actually learning how the web works. Right, you're learning front end code, you're learning HTML, you're learning CSS, like you're learning how these things work. You're maybe not, again, learning how to write them semantically, that's what you're paying for is that translation layer, but visually you're having to learn all of these things and that's a career trajectory growth thing. That's something that's yeah. useful in a lot of different ways. Um, and you'll start learning that the more you learn Webflow, the more technically adept you'll become. The more you'll start understanding other code processes and other things that are happening on the web, um, especially as you push it further with JavaScript. I'd love to reach out to Alexander Graham, who's been really active this episode, comes in as a WordPress developer for many years, template developer. Alexander Graham, is there something that you have learned from using Webflow? Is there a new piece of web technology that's been unlocked just from jumping into this tool? If there is, I'd love to hear it. If there's not, tell us that there's not. Yeah. But that, that's going to be an interesting one because it really does open you to a lot of different things that you're just not aware of in that WordPress infrastructure. Yeah. And let's get through these last two uh, and then we can just shoot the shit a little bit until we have to jump off here. Uh, but common Webflow objections is that it's, it's hard to collaborate mm -hmm. in Webflow, which obviously we're seeing them work on. They recently announced yep. collaboration updates. Maybe it's not perfect. The handoff process, you know, it's, you know, we, we'd like to work on the same page like you do in like a Figma or Miro or something like that. But maybe that's coming. You know, they're taking steps towards that collaborative functionality. And so um, I, I don't know that this is a real objection anymore. Uh, WordPress has similar limitations where you can have multiple collaborators in a WordPress site, uh, but they can't be on the same page. Wix mm -hmm. has introduced some collaborative features that are very Figma-ish. And so that's one place where, you know, people are saying, oh, well, Wix is better for collaboration. Uh, okay, sure. 
But again, you don't have the same flexibility and freedom. I think Webflow will eventually catch up to some of that. I don't know if they'll have full feature parity in that regard, but you know, we'll see how that uh, evolves. But this is another common Webflow objection. Joe, any thoughts on how overcoming that, or um, do you think that's a real objection? It can be an objection, but we're not seeing people avoid the platform because of it. Some clients may come back and say, hey, I have a problem with this because we worked in this way. But it's not a strong enough objection to turn the platform away. So because of that, it's not a very serious objection for me. It's something that Webflow can work on. But yeah, I, I'm not seeing people leave the platform because of it. Yeah, agreed. Um, and there's a bunch of comments here. So let's get through this last uh, mm -hmm. objection here, and then we'll jump into the comments. Uh, security and privacy concerns. Again, this is one of those that I don't think there's any real uh, concerns here, specifically because at the moment, Webflow is serving out a flat file, right? It's serving out a static website. There's not like you can't log in, you can't access like server functions through a Webflow website. So there's not a lot of security. Um, there, there may be security vulnerabilities if you're sharing your Webflow password or account access, whatever, you know, like, but that's no different than if you're sharing a Webflow password or a Webflow plugin password password or whatever else. And so um, you actually hear about WordPress security all, breaches all the time. You hear about these massive plugins that uh, vulnerabilities that affected millions of sites or whatever. Um, I think, again, like Android and, and iOS, you'll see Webflow be a little bit more secure in that because they'll be a little tighter as to who can access those plugins and who can kind of uh, create some of those things. And so I don't know that security or privacy is a real concern. There are some concerns over GDPR as it relates to not having local servers, especially in Europe. Um, you know, those are significant concerns where people are like, oh, we can't do this. Um, but there are workarounds for some of that unless you're being super, super strict about GDPR, uh, which again, I, I don't know, right? That comes down to a whole other episode. We did a full deep dive on GDPR and California CCPA compliance on that stuff. So if you're interested, look at the archive um, on some of that. But Joe, any thoughts on that last one before we jump into the, uh, any, any final comments here? I agree there. Let's jump into the comments. And I'll start it up with Alexander Graham, part one answer to what he's learned just from using Webflow, coming from the WordPress world. Less a feature, more of a thinking process. Performance is king for Google's core Web Vitals update. I made absolutely sure to use SVGs and correctly size compress JPEGs and PNGs. So that is a whole new way of thinking, thinking in performance, uploading a photo to Webflow and getting that little tag, very large caution. It's there. We see the size of the images. We're aware of it. If your website has any slow loading, you know it's probably because of an image. Like we talked about in the beginning, Webflow's fast by default you're making it slow by adding things on top of it. So that's what Alexander is saying here. And getting to number two, knowing when to convert PNG to JPG and compress them is key. On gallery pages, I'm getting 99% page speed score, lazy load everything below the fold, keep nesting to a minimum. And then the last thing from him, P3, as for new technology, as an uptight hand coder my whole career, Webflow's advancements remove the need for me to stress about clean, semantic, and accessible code. That is great. Uh, Alexander, thank you for sharing that. These are a lot of the things we talked about in the beginning of the episode. This, this, all these benefits, the performance benefits, the semantic benefits, that's great to hear. Neil, uh, Reimar, you want to take this one? Yeah, and this is a series as well. He's saying a UK-based agency currently hosting 70-plus WordPress sites on Flywheel. Last five builds have been on Webflow, and all new projects will be on Webflow or Shopify for e-commerce, kind of moving nice. forward. Saying that Webflow costs a bit more, so this is still Neil, uh, than bulk WordPress hosting, but no time on plugin updates allows us to build out more new projects with Webflow, so that probably turns into you know a, a flat a, pos a net positive um, and then saying shout out to client first and attributes uh, to helping them make that move. So for sure. Cool. Um, oh, there's a part four from Graham here. Okay. We have Alexander Graham saving big money with no licensing for WordPress plugins and hosting. Nice. My designs have changed in advance because of the, because of a lack of limitations inside WordPress freedom, man, these, UI elements. I cannot read the bottom of that comment. Freedom oh, was implemented. Yeah. I got it. Nice. I like that ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's let's jump in here and see if there's anything else. Just one thing I knew when I launched back in 2012. Yeah. Um, 
let's see, I need to make use of Zapier to save my Webflow form data to CMS, sure. When you feel like WP, it feels like you guys are speaking to page builders, which are limiting, but WordPress can actually be more customized than Webflow, building your own theme, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Andres, I understand this, but we are in the no-code world. And so to do those things, you need to understand code. You need to be able to build with code. A lot of it. And so this is inaccessible for most of the people in our audience. So yes, when we talk about this, we're making that comparison to people who work with theme uh, editors and page builders, because that's typically who's making the jump into Webflow. If you can build and customize themes and code from scratch, you're probably not dealing with a lot of these issues because you can have that flexibility. So yeah, I, 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 that's a good point. Um, not sure that's uh, changes anything as far as we're concerned here. Yeah, agreed. And, and we talked about that before. You can build a highly performant WordPress site, but that requires deep, deep knowledge of the platform. <laughs> Alan saying my ongoing stress with Webflow is their approach to GDPR. The cookie banner on their site isn't even compliant. So, um, yeah, I, again, these are all early things. I don't think Webflow ever thought they were going to be, you know, the backbone for websites globally for so many people when they first started. I mean, maybe they had these ambitions in the back of their head, but the way they structured the software, they didn't expect that to scale to, to the rate it has. And I think uh, this will all this will all come as they fix. You know, they're fixing, they're working on this stuff. I, I would expect that to, to, to be one of those, you know, and, and, and coming kind of thing, you know, so. Um, oh, we're coming up on 12 o'clock Yeah, I was going to say with that, uh, we've got Nelson starting the live stream uh, over here. So let's go ahead and we'll call it quits on our end. And we'll say thanks to everybody for hanging with us. We appreciate, uh, yeah, we appreciate everyone. We'll let y'all go to that next stream. So thanks again. And we'll catch you over in the comments of the uh, YouTube or the, the Webflow stream. Bye everyone. Thanks everyone.